0: They're coming to get you. They're coming for you, Barbara. They're coming to get you. Coming to get you, Barbara. This is They're Coming to Get You. I'm one of your hosts, Brent and I'm joined by my co-host. Uh, all work and no
1: play makes Gavin a very, very dull boy.
0: Well, I'll have you know that we're the best damn podcasters from Timbuktu to Portland, Oregon, or Portland, Maine, for that matter, Gavin. We are coming back. This is
1: our first episode of season three. We just came back from our winter shutdown. Mm -hmm. Uh, And you'd think that, like, wouldn't the skiing up here be ideal, but it
0: just costs too much to keep the roads clean? (laughs) Of course, uh, you saw the episode title, but we're talking about The Shining. I want to do one time at least where
1: we name the episode of the movie we we don't talk about. They're like, oh, they're going to talk about The Shining. And then we're just talking about, I don't know, uh, Paul Blart (laughs) Blart Malka.
0: Yeah. We're, uh, yeah, this is the uh, All Paul Blart, All the Time podcast. So So, uh, Kevin James will be, he's in the green room right now. He'll be in here (laughs) in a minute.
1: Oh, Kevin James. I hear he is not a nice person. I don't know person but we're gonna find out right now come on in Paul Bart. <laughs> come on uh well we chose the shining uh
0: why did we choose the shining
1: uh yeah, because then. our super fan and wonderful person Robin who loves the show she loves all the she loves all the ter- universe
0: the ter- that, universe yeah the <laughs> the
1: the the, uh, the, the, the ter- universe uh podcast got my thing. Christmas
0: card from her right here what the shit she
1: doesn't mean nothing. Well, because you're
0: uh, insignificant.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm just like Mm -hmm. one of the lesser Disney Plus shows in the tier universe. (laughs) (laughs) But, yes, she's a huge fan. And she keeps saying, when y'all going to do a Stephen King Mm -hmm. adaptation? When she loves Stephen King? And it's like, all right, lady, all right, thanks (laughs) for the support. I guess we'll do a Stephen King adaptation. And there's a lot to choose from because his work is adapted For everything he makes, like I made a joke in one of our episodes that we're going to cover Dreamcatcher. Mm -hmm. Dreamcatcher was a was a man book and also a man movie, but they still adapted it.
0: And also, a lot of his work is being readapted. Yeah, (laughs) there are remakes of the stuff that we, you know. We can also watch that. It's it. like,
1: do you do you want to watch? Yeah, there, there's the It remake, which I thought it was like It Chapter One was super good of the remake, and then you and I saw It Chapter Two together in the theater, mm-hmm. and we're like, this ain't it. Uh, they it they was really long.
0: I don't think it's as bad. Uh, watch, I watched it again, but the I think it's hard to beat the first chapter of It. The first yeah, you know, because, the first movie.
1: Yeah, I like the kids a lot better um than the uh, than the adult versions, which out of context sounds like a terrible soundbite. Uh, uh clip like, that
0: all right play it back i like, I like kids the
1: kids better ki- <laughs> um and then you've got like they're they're remaking carrie that they did a carrie remake of of carrie and they did a uh, fire did Starter. They, are they remaking it again i don't know if they re they, they did the one back in the 70s with sissy spacek yeah then they did one uh like maybe five or six years
0: ago in the tens to the 2010s yeah, maybe
1: with, with, with chloe grace moretz sure as Carrie, yeah. There's also the Rage Carrie too. No affiliation where <laughs> she where she used her psychic abilities to throw CDs at people.
0: So well, and also we forgot uh, John Travolta was in the first Carrie, right? Yeah. Got oh my god, pig- <laughs> oh my god, we got the pigs blood. <laughs> what do they call pigs blood in Paris?
1: Royale with cheese. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, and then also what we're talking about, uh, there's they they did the Shining, the movie. This one, yes. Uh, and then they did the mini series directed by uh, Mick Garris.
1: Was there a third one, or was uh, are, there, are there only two?
0: The Shining two. Well, then there's
1: Doctor Sleep too. Yeah. Well, because I made it. I texted you. And I said I'm watching The Shining, and you go, "Are you, which are you watching all three of them?" I was like, <laughs> "Yeah, all three, same time. Just really all doing three. a doing a real cut comparison." Um, I really actually enjoyed Doctor Sleep when mm-hmm. that came out.
0: So, but but enough about that.
1: We're talking enough about, about
0: that. Robin, who we're talking. That's who we're talking. About. But I know, Robin, you, you requested uh, Stephen King. So I don't know if this is one that because, you know, he, we'll, <laughs> we'll talk about Stephen King, how he feels about this movie. I um, really hope that this
1: is her least favorite adaptation. I really hope that Robin is like, God damn it. Wow,
0: can we the get the one- Tommy knockers or something? <laughs> the one I didn't want to hear him talk about. Tommy knockers. It's a great slang for boobs. <laughs> what is Look it Look at them I don't... tommy knockers on it no but it does sound like <laughs> i mean i know knockers is but tommy, tommy knock no tommy you're knockers. like oh there's old tommy over there he just smacking
1: around some titties <laughs>
0: some knockers uh <laughs> uh and we do uh the, this later the season we have some more uh i guess fan requested stuff we fan do. favorites for you the listener uh we're listening we're listening to you the listener
1: Yeah, so if there's anything that's any obscure movie that you want us to check out, be sure to drop a line to us on Twitter. I'm over at Gavin Horror. He's over at Brent Tierhune. Let us know. Uh, I know that you've been sharing a lot of our stuff on there. If you ever see myself or Brent post about the podcast links, comment below and be like, hey, why don't you cover this movie? And we'll be like, probably not, but okay.
0: Mm -hmm. You should do Tusk or something (laughs) like that. We'll be like, OK, I guess sure. <laughs> the whale with Brendan Fraser. Is that a <laughs> horror movie? Is it? <clears throat> <clears throat> well, let's let's jump into The Shining, Gavin. What uh, what do you make of this movie?
1: So I watched The Shining for the first time about five years ago. Mm-hmm. I remember watching it for the first time and I knew all the big beats. I knew all the legendary mm-hmm. stuff. It's kind of hard to not know everything going into The Shining because it is such a such a culturally significant horror movie mm-hmm. that that people hold in such very high regard i also remember my my first experience with the shining is seeing it in twister because when the tornado hits the drive-in they're watching the shining
0: yeah and i think it's a double feature with psycho god that's such a long <laughs> double feature you're gonna be there all night guys that Go. is a, a long and uh also maybe down the road we could do an episode of horror movies that aren't horror okay. and i would say twisters in that yeah because you cannot fight the weather you can I, I would
1: <laughs> i get out there I, I'll, I'll get my fists out You come on you tornado <laughs> i'll whip your
0: tornado ass
1: <laughs> so i i knew about the shining and people had built up the shining i've heard people call it like the scariest movie ever made mm-hmm. i had a co-worker one time who's like that's the best horror movie and then i watched the shining and i go i don't like this um I'm not a I'm not a fan. I I, I appreciate everything it does. I've re- I've seen fan theories and I like those videos, but I always go into the shining thinking I think I'm gonna like it this time. And this happened again. I got about two I got about an hour and 45 minutes and I'm like, I'm really digging this. I, I maybe I was wrong this whole time. Then that last 45 minute drags out. And I was like, oh no, I don't enjoy this. I, I, okay. I'm not a I don't
0: enjoy this. Uh, I, I've seen the shining a bunch. It's probably one of those weird comfort movies that I just will put on, (laughs) which I know is weird. But if, you know, if you're a fan of horror, you have some of those in the genre. Like I I will also put on silence of the lambs (laughs) (laughs) after a hard day. I just got to unwind by watching a man slowly
1: go insane and try to kill his family in an isolated hotel Mm
0: -hmm. really just takes the edge off the day. And if that's too intense, I watched uh, a, a doctor cut a man's face off and then wear that face as a face. <laughs> Claire Um I yeah, I, I've go ahead. My comfort movie. Weirdly enough, I thought uh, talking about
1: faces, I watched the movie Face Off with George Volta and Nicolas Cage as uh, that's my comfort movie.
0: I know because you on the uh, field trip podcast with uh, with Brent, you and me, uh to we did the best uh, movie openings and you said that was one of the best movie openings. it's just
1: correct? it's one of the best openings where it's like it's john it's nicholas cage with a mustache gunning a child down with a sniper rifle oh
0: my god it's carrie <laughs> <laughs> he's trying to steal my declaration of independence why is nicholas cage talking
1: like john travolta right now oh my god oh oh my god we gotta (laughs) steal the decoration man we
0: gotta do it i could eat a peach for hours uh so uh i i really like the shining um and i the since i i this is probably the only movie i could ever do it with uh uh, i've read the book this earlier this year at I finished the uh, shining audio book and man, did it take me two years to finish the audio book. How long was it? Uh, I don't, I'll have to pull it up on one of these apps, but I'll listen to an audio book when I'm driving and, but then I get sleepy. So I had to turn it off. So I started to listen to the audio book doing anything else, but driving. And I finally finished it. Okay. Uh, But it's, it's rare for me to be like, actually the book uh, let me see how long this thing is because
1: I know that I have the audiobook version of it that I've been mm-hmm. trying to listen to for six years and it's like 44 hours long.
0: Yeah dude it's it's really long. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to because now it's jumping back just just this chapter alone right here Gavin is five hours and 56 minutes
1: of the shining Yes. Geez, yeah, that's so it's at least over five hours. I like my books to be like eight to 10 hours. And then most of my books that, that I listen to audio wise anymore, or are, are really depressing celebrity mm-hmm. memoirs. I listened to Jeanette McCurdy's book this past year, which was really good. And now I'm listening to Matthew Perry's book. Okay, it's like my favorite genre is, <laughs> is
0: actors who have problems. Yeah, well, we all have problems, and uh, I, me, it's I'm very much like Matthew Perry in that I don't remember filming Friends either. That's how bad <laughs> mine was. Uh, the Shining audiobook is 15 hours and 50 minutes.
1: Okay, so it's not. I think Pet Cemetery was about 12 hours or so, uh, maybe 12 to 15 hours. Yeah, that that that's the one that I've listened
0: to mm-hmm. of the Stephen King universe. But but did you like The Shining as a book? Uh, yeah, there's there's clear differences. And I, I have a list of some of the stuff. And this this is going to be a longer podcast because it's a longer movie. So we can't get into every facet of everything. But
1: yes, there are other uh, podcasts that have probably done like a page by page comparison that we are just not equipped or want to do.
0: Well, even last night, I was try- I sent you a, a clip that you just watched and we'll talk about it in later in the episode. But just looking for extra stuff to kind of put on while I was doing notes and stuff for this episode. And I found on YouTube, it's called, uh, I scream E Y E scream. And it's a, it's a fan theory video and it was like two and a half hours long. Uh, (laughs) And the guy, one of the big things is that you can play the shining forwards and backwards and put them over the top of each other. And they sync up. And also he's saying the, the movie syncs up with Abbey road, the Beatles album oh very much like pink floyd and uh you know dark side of the moon and the wizard of oz and uh there's a whole other movie called room 237 that i have seen but i didn't re-watch for this because um it's uh, all bullshit (laughs) Uh, what i believe to be bullshit uh but that's another conspiracy theory type movie of of uh what this movie is actually about. It's called Room 237, I think. So if you want like more stuff after watching this long movie, by all means, go check that out. And that for me is like, I could, I've watched some of those
1: and I'm like, this is a very well-made movie. I just don't enjoy it. And Mm -hmm. so many there's so many fan theories where it's like, well, I don't even know what it's supposed to be about anymore. Or they're like, well, there is a Native American head on one of the cans of peaches, which actually is about the Indian burial ground. And the Grady twins are actually Native American representation. And you're like, I don't
0: I thought they were just spooky kids in matching dresses. Uh, Yeah, I doubt, you know, your friend that's like, that's the scariest movie ever. I doubt he thought too much into them end of the movie he just thought it was scary you know yeah and this Um, is one of those movies where especially if you've seen the simpsons treehouse of horror parody the shinning the shinning yeah like you've seen this movie without actually seeing it the the here's johnny the uh all work and no play makes jack a dull boy all that we've all heard that probably before you've even seen the movie
1: i knew all the beats i knew all the scares before ever watching it for the first time Mm-hmm. And it, it it is a movie that has just like a lot of beats to it, where it's like, you know, where, where they are, you know, the come play with us, Danny. Mm-hmm. And once you know those things, if you go in blind, and don't know anything. I can see it being
0: maybe scary, but do you find the shining scary? Uh, yeah. There are scary parts in this movie. It's not all a hundred percent scary to me. I feel like watching it again last night the the thing that makes it scarier is that you get the opening shot of the going through the mountains and you get the boom 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 but then throughout the movie you get like there's like a heartbeat sound effect that mm-hmm. will just play and then you it's like i don't know if you'd call it ambient noises of like squeals and, and i don't know what you would call it but like the the score to this movie really helps with the fear it does
1: have a lot of it does have a very good score and a very unnerving score and just cuz they're
0: not like natural noises. It's not no. like you're like that's a bird. It's it's kind of weird <laughs> squeals and it's stuff. It's like a
1: weird hum kind of just yeah. like a weird unsettling hum that's kind of there to make you uneasy. And I will say that uh, the sound design for this is so good when Danny is driving through the hotel on, on his big wheel mm-hmm. and just like the sounds moving from carpet to moving to, to the, the hardwood again. Yeah, it, it's such a good transition. and The sound design is top-notch. I think the movie visually is very good. Um, I just think the content goes on for a little a little bit long. But yeah, so I don't find it scary. I, I just don't know why people find it so scary. Maybe it's going in blind. I did that thing that we did for when we watched the Blair Witch Project, which is mm-hmm. another one that you and I kind of don't understand why people find it so scary. I watched this under the ideal conditions to watch this. In where, a tent in the woods. In a tent <laughs> in the woods with a, with a small black and white TV. But uh, the the Midwest, when, we were, when we we're recording this, had just been slammed by a bunch of winter weather. Mm-hmm. So it was snowy, icy outside, very cold, below freezing. And I was like, all right, I'm in the mindset now to watch The Shining. And then I watched and I was like, okay, it just doesn't, I, it still does not scare me.
0: Okay. Uh, it's it's again. We'll talk about the scares, but there's uh, there's some parts in this that I really find scary. But how how do you feel about Stanley Kubrick or Kubrick? I, I think
1: uh Stanley Rubik's Kubrick is actually <laughs> uh William freaking Weekend and Rubik's Kubrick. So <laughs> th- these are the nickname. I think Stanley Kubrick is a 50 50 director for me where he will do something that i love and think is great mm-hmm. and then he'll do stuff that i absolutely dislike i i really like full metal jacket i think mm-hmm. that's a great movie and i really like a clockwork orange a bit of the old in and out madrugies.
0: Uh, the old eggsy wagsies eh <laughs> i yeah governor i really uh, like I those thought a clockwork orange didn't have enough rate and I'm on I'm in the minority on that but
1: <laughs> that's what you think you're like I think he could have done a little bit more <laughs> please I remember, yeah I remember watching that for the first time being like well this is supposed to be a classic I'm like what is how ha- this is the guy playing Darth Vader who's having his wife assaulted in front of him yeah so it's very uh, it's like oh okay this is a choices were made for this yeah um and i I love full metal jacket uh 2001 a space odyssey one of the worst movies i've ever seen in my entire life
0: i've started that movie a bunch because i heard it was great and i just it's and it's not that i turned it off because i thought it was bad it's just i had other things going on and i fully (laughs) planned to watch that movie just because again if you watch enough movies some horror movies, Gavin, you watch because you hear so much about that. Now, yes. at least I'm in the conversation. I yes. just haven't seen all of 2001 space. I'm about uh, for 2001. I'm about at 1987. I haven't <laughs> seen all the way. <laughs> I will say, as someone who has seen 2001 A Space Odyssey, it does
1: not come up at parties as much as you think it might. So I think you
0: yourself bring it up.
1: (laughs) So I was watching 2001 A Space Odyssey. Anybody seen this flick?
0: Anybody seen this? You seen this? You heard about this, folks? (laughs) Mavis headlines. (laughs) Uh, So we, um, we, we got The Shining 2001, Clockwork Orange, Eyes Wide Shut. That's one I saw later, and now I get so many references. <laughs> uh, full Metal I've, Jacket. I've, I've only seen parts of Eyes Wide Shut for yeah. Cranking Mahog, too. Yeah. And that's not the parts that you would think. It's not the party <laughs> parts at all. It's just Tom Cruise walking around at Christmas. <laughs> You're like, oh, I got to get <laughs> in the holiday spirit. Uh, Dr. Strangelove, uh, Barry Lyndon, uh, Spartacus. I think he did that one as well. Either. I don't know. Um, but so there he's, there's a track record and, you know, people would say this guy is in the the talk, uh, for greatest director of all time.
1: Yeah. People absolutely love his movies. And there's been so many papers written, so many things published about his work, because he is one of those directors. Mm -hmm. He makes films. Mm -hmm. He's an auteur. He's a, he's a true artist. And also I think Stanley Kubrick was an abusive son of a bitch who mm-hmm. put Shelley Duvall through a lot of torture for just to get a performance out of her, which I get, I've done some acting. And I know that sometimes directors push you. I think it does cross a line though, when you're just trying to mentally break somebody down and knowing what we know about the process of filming the shining and how poorly he treated Shelley Duvall it's hard to go back and and watch it and kind of separate it. Where it's like mm-hmm. she's giving a good performance, but she's also been mentally abused and broken down so much.
0: How yeah, and how much of it is a performance, and how much if is what whatever you need, Stanley? I'll just just stop yelling at me. You know. Yes. So, and it, there's a reason it's called acting and not real life. Like yeah. you have to pretend that it's happening. Like. I get, you want to get good performances out of your actors. And I guess one could say, Hey, it worked. What he did worked, but it's, it's not like I, I I had this discussion on the the field trip. Sorry to plug this, my other thing again, but it was (laughs) the crazy things directors did. And we talked about Stanley Kubrick and, uh me and a, another comic name uh g- g- Garrett Elzinga but we were like don't be talking about other comics you can talk about especially like, another show, g name there are uh, no other
1: comics except for me
0: and <laughs> uh, we were like yeah this it's fine to push your people but also have an understanding of when i say potato that's my safe word and stop stop pushing me because it's getting to be too much like at a like, if you were just at a regular job and your manager was doing that type of stuff to you, mm-hmm. they would be fired. You know? Oh yeah.
1: Oh yeah. And this was still during the Wild West of the eighties, where these movies were making so much money that they are kind of letting directors just be the Wild West and do whatever they wanted. Mm-hmm. So Stanley Kubrick, they're like, oh yeah, that's just how he be. Um, I'm actually yeah. reading this thing here where the, the most famous story of the 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 mental anguish that that he put Shelley Duvall through was um the iconic scene in the stairway where jack nicholson's uh being like stalking her up the stairs she's at the base i'm not gonna hurt
0: you just gonna bash your fucking brains in
1: (laughs) yeah and apparently he made them do that take like 180 something times and even though it was fine so she was like really broken down Mm -hmm. and i I read this on imdb that uh scatman caruthers who plays um dick holly yes he is in the movie, and he said that, like, he was just being tortured by Stanley Cooper having to do all these takes. So his next movie was with Clint Eastwood, who mm-hmm. likes doing things in, like, one take. We got it. We got it. <laughs> and he's like, what? And he, like, started he started crying because he he didn't, he wasn't used to, like, not having to do, like, 50 more takes for no reason.
0: Yeah. How dare you make Hong Kong fooey cry? <laughs> That's the voice did, of it, it, a child. Yeah, he is Hong Kong fooey.
1: Oh, okay. That is a, that, that is a fun fact that I just now learned. You're welcome. But I, how do you feel w- about, how do you feel about
0: Stanley Kubrick movies? I don't think he was harsh enough. I, <laughs> <laughs> I like them and there's no, you know, you watching any of these that you can't deny, you know, the casting choices, which that's not all hundred percent him, but you know, I think mm-hmm. he makes good movies that I, that I enjoy, but. To, to what extent and you see you know there's a the theory that he also directed the moon landing <laughs> but i'm like i this t- this went over it's supposed to be a hundred and whatever days shoot he did it was like a year like there's no way that stanley kubrick is going to make whatever astronaut jump off the spaceship again (laughs) and do it (laughs) again do it again again
1: so he would he didn't do the moon landing because it would have been too many takes
0: too many takes and and then he would have messed with it and used certain cameras and stuff i i but i do i do like his movies and uh, then once you get into the method of how he gets them then that becomes problematic but i don't I, i don't know how you feel but i'm like well the deed is done and the product is there so I guess I might as well enjoy it, you know. But if he was making movies today, I'd be like, I don't, I don't want you to be an asshole. <laughs> yeah, I don't want you to be William freaking, you know. Yeah, shooting guns and stuff. Off, <laughs> you know. I mean, to be fair, I'd rather him shoot a gun once than that do
1: it take 186 times.
0: Yeah, just you just shoot man me in the foot, and then <laughs> <laughs> get you'll get whatever the, performance you'll, you'll you want. You'll get what
1: emotion. And you're like this is a funny scene why you why'd you shoot me in the foot
0: yeah hilarious uh so we had a, a budget of 19 million and a box office of 47 uh million dollars came out may 23rd 1980 which i find odd that it was a may release but then it came out in the uk in october so that's more like wintery but may it's just kind of it's spring and then let's <laughs> put this frozen tundra movie out yeah
1: the overlook hotel is closed after our no the overlook Hotel's already open at that point yeah so i think it's
0: back open yeah
1: yeah they're they're back in season um what always gets me about this is just how casual the interview process is for mm-hmm. uh, jack torrance like all right well uh and w- watching this again, I don't want to go, go by the movie Beat by Beat because we will be here all day. But my favorite thing is like the interview's going pretty well. There's that I actually when we were watching this, I asked Stephanie, I was like, can we fast forward through this car driving up the hill? I know I I've seen it. It's 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 majestic.
0: Bum, bum, bum.
1: <laughs> and she's like, no. And I was like, <laughs> well, all right, guess we're gonna watch this. He goes to the interview process, and then the guy who's interviewing him, the Overlook Hotel guy, is like, well, I don't know if you've heard this, but there was a tragedy. And he's like, no, I didn't hear that. Yeah. And then, like, what a weird way to end an interview. Like, I get being full disclosure, but he's, like, given all the details. He's like, well, he went a little crazy and killed his family with an axe. And it's like, God damn.
0: Yeah. And and he kind of laughs he's not he doesn't think it's funny but how else do you say this to somebody else god did you hear about this last guy did you hear about Ooh, you, this if guy you have, if you have a job interview at a wendy's
1: like all right so you're like you're gonna you use the fryer mm-hmm. also by the way there was a guy who was a second key he could close the store. uh he killed all of first shift uh put their heads right in the fryer but mm-hmm. uh <laughs> all right <laughs> let's, let's get you making them dave's doubles Are we ready <laughs> let's do this
0: now, how do you, how would you? Because besides the, the 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 being haunted and the murders and whatnot, Gavin, <laughs> I feel like taking this caretaker job at the Overlook Hotel for me is a dream job. Like you, th- you think it's a dream job? Yes, I'm all. I would love to be in isolation for five months in the winter. Uh, I don't know how to fix anything. You'd have to show me how to run the boiler. But I love the thought of being alone for five months.
1: I think I like that idea, too, until I realize there are sometimes when I'm in my house by myself for like a week and I don't, Mm. and I just go to, I work from home sometimes. It's like, I need to go touch grass, I think. I need to just go talk to another human person.
0: That's not a euphemism. You really wanted to go touch the grass. I want to
1: go touch the grass. I want to touch it. I want to look at it. I just want to be outside.
0: I want to run through the halls of my high school. <laughs> Scream at the top That's of my right. lungs. The, I mean, the, we had a lot of isolation in the past couple of years, years uh, due to the, you know, that thing called COVID-19. We, we uh, were oh, in oh, oh, that the, hoax? Oh, that liberal the hoax, hoax? The pandemic. Uh, <laughs> we, we were in isolation and that, you know, for many of us, probably the longest time without uh, being inside not being around people, even, you know, after stuff opened back up, I still wasn't going to do a lot of stuff. And that's probably the closest we got to the shining. And even I got a little stir crazy and I had all the technology. I had all the movies, all the music. So I say, it's a dream job. I'd probably get antsy and, and stuff like that, but I would love to be an isolation and and just li- and to live in a hotel—that's half my life anyway. Yeah. But to have the run of the place, I think that'd be great.
1: Are you gonna take take the caretaker job at the La Quinta Inn?
0: I would. Yeah. <laughs> pool. You could you could use the pool after eleven. Nobody says anything <laughs> to you. Nobody says
1: shit if you're running the
0: place. <laughs> I think for me, it
1: the isolation sounds okay. I, I think I'd be like I could get so much writing done. I could make so much content, and then I'd be mm-hmm. just like doing nothing i i wouldn't want the job because it sounds like a lot of fucking work like i know that he's like well it's not a very demanding job but he's like Mm -hmm. you got to learn how to run the boiler heat up different parts of the hotel anything that breaks you got to go fix and i'm like this sounds like you're 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 taking care of a house that is 50 times larger than any house you would ever own
0: and nobody else is around and you're 25 miles away from sidewinder the next town and it's (laughs) it says i wrote it down 20 feet of snow So, like, you're stuck. And I think, Gavin, that's that long intro of in the car, I think it's, you know, I think it's a great opening, but it's to show you, hey, you're out. You're out in the sticks. There's nobody else around.
1: I know me personally, the reason I also wouldn't take the job, is that things would break and I'd procrastinate. So, so it would be like, oh, I got one day. They're coming tomorrow. To oh, the hotel. fuck. Yeah. Uh, should I got to paint everything? I got to, mm-hmm. oh, no. <laughs> the whole other part of the hotel burned down. I got to rebuild that somehow.
0: I should have told somebody months ago. The ghosts are running amok. It's a good <laughs> thing that we're both confirmed ghost story and horror movie addicts as, uh, <laughs> as uh, Wendy is. So um the and then we addict the, the horror movie addict and then we get the the, f- the phenomenon of the shining and the book it's kind of you kind of understand what do you do you know what the shining is gavin like the concept of the shining it's like a telepathy isn't it that was that's kind of my understanding cuz the that's what the difference in the the book and the movie is i what the shining is kind of like a telepathy thing but then in the book it's really played up of like danny is super strong like he has the shine he is like a you could you could see him from miles away and the hotel really wants that power Mm -hmm. which really uh, that's kind of one of the differences the hotel's really focused on danny as opposed to jack um but it's like a a telepathy in a way to like control things mentally but not like moving things around you know like a telekinesis type deal
1: i think they kind of explain that a little better in doctor sleep the, the movie version of the doctor sleep because rose yeah. the hat because rose the hat is going around killing people with the shine mm-hmm. to become stronger with her shine shining kind of like a highlander situation
0: yeah and 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 the book uh uh dick halloran really goes into more detail because there's a scene in the the kitchen where he's given Danny ice cream and he's like, I used to have whole conversations with my grandma, never even speak. And it's it, it, like, I feel like this movie, there's a lot in this movie that you can pick up on upon rewatches. It just takes over two hours to get, through. The movie, <laughs> you know,
1: how would you like some
0: ice cream, Danny? Hey doc. <laughs> um. So w- where else do you want to go from here? um we can kind of go with
1: so one note that i had and i don't know this is not any kind of linear thing um so danny wendy and jack are all at the hotel at this point and she's preparing dinner and she opens the biggest goddamn thing of fruit cocktail i have seen in my mm-hmm. life like yeah, yeah i know that it's industrial because they had they to serve guests there's just something about that scene where she's cranking open the biggest thing of fruit cocktail
0: that i'm like they eating grapes and
1: peaches for days
0: (laughs) yeah it's it's definitely because the i one of my favorite scenes is is dick halloran showing them the kitchen and he's like we got 10 pounds of ground beef we got uh, 13 bags of 10 pounds of ground beef and then we got to this and we got to that and you gotta have you gotta stay regular if you want to be happy mrs torrance like he's going through all the the stuff i just like him like because i like his speaking voice i like the character but i just like him giving them the walkthrough of the pantry and it is one of those things where it's like we're three people but this is a cafeteria lunch styles size can of cocktail that now we just got (laughs) to eat or it's gonna go bad That's why they went crazy. They're like, I can't eat any more goddamn fruit cocktail, Wendy. It's it's very, you know, those Looney Tunes episodes where, like, the guy's uh, locked in the cabin and it's all fro- it's frozen in, but then he's got just cans of beans and beans and beans, <laughs> and he just goes <laughs> crazy because he's eating beans. I think that's what it is, is the I'll, over and over of it, you know. Amelie du fromage. <laughs> it's all you can say. Um, um, what, what what do we, th- what do you think of the hotel itself? Because that's also kind of a debate is, is this, is this haunted? Is it, what's going on with this hotel? I
1: think I've also seen theories where this hotel could not exist because of just the architecture.
0: Just yeah. I don't like, care about that. Okay. I, like I've seen, <laughs> I want you to talk about it, but I've seen that too. And I'm like, well, it's also, a haunted hotel or supernatural something is going on yeah so i'm like why wouldn't it be that way but that that's like i never have thought enough about a movie to be like actually that wall couldn't be there i don't i yeah. just want to enjoy the 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 yeah. show i saw you know? one
1: where it's like well the the office where jack torrance interviews like it shows a window to the outside but there's no way that there could be a window there and it's like why why do you know this why do you know yeah. i think the hotel is haunted Mm -hmm. I do think that the Grady twins are there wanting Danny to come play with them. I think the party they have, I think those are all ghosts or people who have just been stuck there. I think I, I don't know what the bear getting a beach means. uh, That's in the book
0: more because that that, those are two characters that that were guests that I think most of the, the people at the party and stuff are guests that have died in, in a certain way, much like the lady in the tub, Mm -hmm. she died in the tub and she's there those characters play a more significant role the dog and stuff because again if you uh, if you just saw that in the movie and you're like why i first i didn't even know it was a dog i thought it was like a a bear bear. costume blowing this guy (laughs) (laughs) which like is is a scary thought if you're running from your psychotic husband and then you just see two what you think are ghosts or not ghosts, one's blowing the other, and then they just look <laughs> at you.
1: Like, <laughs> like, like you're inconveniencing them. They're like, do uh, you clearly, mind? Clearly, uh, I'm, clearly I'm halfway to a gleck here. So I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what, I don't know what your deal is, but clearly we're having some alone time. I'm going to need you to close the door.
0: And and that scene, definitely with the music, it's kind of, that one's kind of like a, a sh- there's like a shaker or something going on in that scene. I don't know how to describe the music. It just, if you listen to it, you know, but that I could see where that that's the fear of, Oh my God, there's, I, we thought we were alone and now there's two guys blowing each other. One's dressed (laughs) as a dog and one's in a tux. Like, I like to
1: imagine that, that she's like not picking up his ghost yet. She's like, are these just weird stowaways? Have they just been <laughs> yeah. here? They've been here the whole time. Like, well, when the hotel closes down, he dresses like a dog and blows me for about six months. Rough, <laughs> rough. <laughs> it's a rough life. Am I right? Uh, uh,
0: So we we've got that, and then what about the the lady in the tub?
1: Uh, well, first off, some top tier nudity for 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 the shining it's a little boring up to this point but then he goes into room it, it's it's room 237 right yeah
0: which in the that's again that's another thing in the book i think is room 217 i guess and it to me it doesn't matter but there's there's numerical stuff in this that'll that people say oh it adds up to this number and this number and it's like man you could find the number 42 or whatever you're looking for in whatever i can you- take all these principles and do it with uh Frank and, weenie, and we'll have the same results you know
1: if you add up the number though they add up to the number 23 starring jim carrey which <laughs> this movie actually predicted the number 23 with jim carrey so many years ahead of time see uh see boom there you go and it also pre- uh, predicted eternal sunshine of a spotless mind weird weird, weird coincidence
0: i know and the mask smoking
1: <laughs> i thought the tub scene there's so much in The Shining that I understand that he's being that he's being like tempted by ghosts. He's mm-hmm. he has the thing early on where he says that he he quit drinking because I hit the boy mm-hmm. and I got a little crazy. I loved the so, little
0: bastard.
1: Yeah. So he's, uh, this podcast is mostly Bobo's trying to like hit a a Jack Nicholson impression. And we're like in the (laughs) ballpark, but not quite. there. It's like an uncanny valley of impression, which I love, but he's, he's sober. He's fighting his sobriety. Like, well, we don't drink. So, Mm -hmm. so the whole thing is him like going slowly crazy. And then Lloyd, the barkeep shows up and like trying to get him to drink and, you know, he's being tempted. And one thing is like, He's being tempted by by this woman in the bathtub, this beautiful naked woman who makes out with him, and long then turns legs, in, those long legs, and uh, wearing a she's like full frontal for this too. Bush, yeah, <laughs> the president, four <And> K
0: baby, in four K, yeah. <laughs> I was watching this producer wife last night. Of course, she's seen this a bunch too, but I was just like. Get ready for the long legs, and she just rolls her eyes. But <laughs> they don't make them like that no more. No, no, except for you, baby. But, <laughs> except and, for you, what up?
1: Um, and then she turns into like the old woman, and I guess is the old woman supposed to be the same woman,
0: but but drowned in like decayed? I guess. I th- yeah, I think that's the the concept, and she's, uh, you know, again, I, I'll reference the book. Try not to be pretentious, but it's like I think she's a bloated corpse that killed mm. herself in the tub and and at, what a contrast to, oh to think you're making out with this woman he's already drunk or yes whatever drunk on whatever spirits literally and figuratively <laughs> got it um and then it's like finally a chance to get my thing wet and
1: <laughs> and then just, and, and the dog goes well, i mean if you need it like
0: <laughs> and then the the uh, like to make out with the woman, and then to see in the mirror uh, that she's some old hag, like she's very much a witch. She's not, but she looks like how a witch would look, you know. Yes, and
1: like we we've all been there where we're making out with somebody in the dark, and then you wake up and you're like, oh, you are the corpse from the Shining. So yeah. I get it. I, I went understand- to bed
0: with the tin, and I woke up from the with the corpse from the Shining. <laughs>
1: Not even a number, just the
0: descriptor corpse <laughs> yeah. from The Shining. <laughs> <laughs> the tub lady from The Shining. Oh, good old tub lady. She here. <laughs> she at the club again. And there's a, a theory, and I don't know that it's a, a theory or fan theory, but I think Kubrick has said it, but also uh, it's in my notes somewhere, but uh, uh one of the movie critics is that anytime like, Jack is talking to somebody from the hotel, like Lloyd or the lady or what uh, interacts with them, it's always via a mirror. Oh, which you know, I think the the one guy's theory is that he's kind of talking to himself. So that's the the greater concept of the hotel is they say it's built on Indian burial grounds, which that's never good, whether yeah. it's poltergeist or uh, whether it's Pet Indian cemetery. burial grounds or any kind of burial ground. It's not good, <laughs> like. Nothing I mean, good comes from that. When you're looking for real estate, you need to ask,
1: what is my mortgage going to be? How are the schools and neighborhood? And is this on Indian burial ground? Yeah. If the answer is yes, you don't want to live there. You no. don't. It, it is cursed. And it, it, it's such a trope. And I don't see it as much anymore. But it does seem to be like a 70s, 80s trope of like, oh, it's an old Indian burial ground. Because I guess Indian burial ground is the scariest thing mm. of the 70s and 80s like quicksand for children
0: as opposed to like just a white people burial ground ah go ahead build it (laughs) it it. they didn't
1: move the bodies okay well sure man is that why everything in our house is unflavored when we cook is that
0: why (laughs) (laughs) uh so we we've got the hotel built on uh burial grounds then i like then we've got ghosts who you know at the end jack joins the hotel we've got grady saying you've always been here sir and some of that is like do you think jack has always been there or do you think he's been recruited by the hotel to become a new member and then what we see play out with the party or the lady in the tub and all that stuff is i think there there's ghosts but then there's like malicious ghosts you know what i'm saying or demons always- or spirits
1: I always get confused by the ending and then what's going on in the shining. I mm-hmm. think that I think Jack is in the now. I think Jack Torrance do, does exist with his family in mm-hmm. not, in 1980. I think that is true. And I do think that once he, I think that once he does die mm-hmm. in the hedge maze, he freezes to death. I do think that then he does join the hotel because it gets him. It does mm-hmm. get to him. I don't think before that, though, he is actually part of the hotel. I the confusion comes, though, because of the July 4th ball photo from 1921, where he's front and center. Do you think that's why that, that looks like him or do you think it's actually Jack or a, a, a previous version of him?
0: I think that's him. And now he's been recruited by the hotel and now he's part of it. I think time with the hotel is not really a factor. I think once you join, now you're just part of the hotel. And over the years, the hotel has picked up, whether it be Grady or whoever, to to be recruited. I think that's what happens.
1: I I could see that too. I I do like this idea of the hotel retroactively Photoshopping him into a photo. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They're like, oh, got to make it spooky. Got to put him in the photo. But I, I do think that... Jack does become part of the hotel now my question is do you think Jack would have gone crazy regardless without the hotel's help do you think he would have gone back to drinking do you think or or do you think that the this is all the hotel's fault
0: I think it's the hotel's fault I think the manipulation with the alcohol and the isolation doesn't help and that's the the thing is there's cabin fever plus the spirits working on him and because in again in the book the hotel like will be a voice in his head or appear like with Grady or whatever and say you haven't done what we've told you to do and that's to kill Wendy and 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 Danny so and I th- I think the hotel's really working on Jack to get to the other two people because he's mm-hmm. the most uh, spiritually vulnerable especially with alcohol okay and that
1: that makes sense so you think that the hotel is trying to get jack to kill danny to get the shine or is that what's kind of conveyed in the book more or less
0: yeah that's that's conveyed in the book um in in the movie it's it's not really that way it's just i think more so it's kill them and now join the hotel um okay yeah but i i I feel like when they say, you've always been here, Mr. Torrance, it's like, yeah, we're going to recruit you. And now you're just part of the timeline type deal. So that scene in the bad bathroom where he's talking to Mr. Grady and you've mm-hmm. always been part of the hotel,
1: Mr. Torrance. Um, I couldn't focus on that because I heard the N-word. Three
0: times.
1: <laughs> like I, I forget that it's in there. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, there's someone coming, um, Mr. Torrance, a blank. And he's like, a blank? A blank the blank cook. If you
0: th- three was too much for you. Don't read the book because <laughs> there's a lot in there. <laughs> um, and uh, this is a thing, it's kind of a side note that I made a, a list for uh w- what were the list of
1: you... n-words in Stanley Kubrick movies? <laughs> yes.
0: Um, <laughs> let's start out with full metal jacket. No, uh, <laughs> 15. Um what do you think are the most iconic bathrooms in movies and TV? Because I think there are three in this movie.
1: Yeah. Okay. So I can think of two. I can think of the bathroom that Jack and Grady talk in. Yeah. And then I can think of the one way when, when he does his, um, when he does his, here's
0: Johnny. That um, one. Yeah. And then and what's then the, the other green one? one with the lady. Okay. Yeah. And so- I would say that here's Johnny. One is the least, Iconic. It just that could have happened anywhere. It just happened to happen in a bathroom where he's breaking through the door. But it's like somebody like you could just show me the green bathroom and I would know that's from The Shining. You know? Yeah. So
1: on Watch Mojo's top ten most iconic bathrooms from horror movies, there will be three from The Shining. Is what
0: you're saying? It could be. And I made a list, and I I asked producer wife. She was sitting right next to me. Of uh, most iconic bathrooms, she she did say pretty woman and i said i've never seen that but apparently that and i then i look up the list pretty woman's on there uh the godfather is is an iconic bathroom only because he tapes the gun behind the the toilet oh
1: yeah leave the gun take the cannoli
0: yeah and all that that's a different scene but uh but even the the one in the sopranos which you and i talked about before we turn the mics on here that's kind of an i they don't even go in the bathroom but it happens there there's the dumb and dumber bathroom when harry shits all over <laughs> um is the saw bathroom on there that's i had the saw that was my second most iconic one With that what mm-hmm. came to mind was the bathroom and saw you've got uh, bridesmaids where they have the diarrhea everywhere <laughs> uh the big lebowski when he's in the tub uh, they throw the marmot in the tub.
1: <laughs> I love that this this is the most niche list imaginable, like the most iconic bathrooms. Like somebody had to type this up for BuzzFeed or whatever.
0: Well, the, and I was looking at lists, but then also I made my own list. That's how, because I was like, there's really are like iconic bathrooms in this movie. And then, of course, the one I forgot about, but was on the list. And why wouldn't it be on any list? Gavin is Psycho.
1: Oh yeah, I think maybe it's not iconic just because it's in black and white, so you can't really tell like mm-hmm. the arc. I know that like the shower scene is like the scene, which yeah. doesn't happen for like the first half of the movie. You think it? I was led. To, I I watched Psycho for the first time uh, about two years ago, and I I was led to believe that it opens with that. Yeah, uh, that that takes a long time to get going. But and I like Psycho. Completely changes great.
0: the movie, you know.
1: Yeah, they're just uh, they they just swap it on you. What a and twist!
0: It, a twist, and it's uh it's one of those where yeah, it happens in the bathroom, but it's more so in the shower. Mm-hmm. It's it's even like a smaller scene being in the shower. <laughs> but that those are the one the list I made of the most iconic bathrooms because that I don't know that there's a a huge list of bathrooms. <laughs> well, you found so many. You found so many. Got them. Um, so for
1: you, what what scenes in The Shining scare you? What is what are the scenes that, that make you uneasy or that you consider scary? Uh
0: the the tub lady, that's the scariest for me because of the music, uh the buildup, uh, and then like you get Jack's reaction of seeing she's decayed and then She she's like coming at him, but like her her lists or wrists are limp, like kind Mm -mm. of like like a witch lady would walk, kind of half (laughs) zombie like. And he's like like his face, he's like oh, Uh, like it's it's kind of when like Jack Nicholson is like drunk, Jack Torrance, it's kind of very cartoony, you know. But like just him reacting is crazy, and the music, and then you get that heart pumping sound. It's yeah. all if that on mute is not as effective, but that scene to me is very scary <laughs> on mute. You're like, just get it, Jack. Just get yeah. it. Like, hey, she's man, a, decay or not work around it. <laughs> she got them needs. <laughs> um, so that's that's the scariest to me. What about you? Uh, for me, if I had to pick a
1: scary scene, I think. I don't I. It's hard to pick because I don't find much of this scary. Mm -hmm. I think the one that the jump scare that always gets me is is when Dick gets the axe in the stomach. I think that gets me. That's a good jump scare. But I guess the unsettlingness of the the blood coming out of the elevator because the sound design is so is so creepy and unsettling. Yeah. And just the, the way it pours out that is probably the scariest, the, the quote unquote scariest scene for me.
0: And that's, I don't know how much you looked into it, but that was the trailer for this movie was the blood scene. I watched the movie and then it said, watch the trailer next to it. So I clicked on that um, and I had heard that it was the trailer. So it's, it's pretty much just a shot of the elevator and then a scroll of the shining starring Shelly Duvall and, and uh, Jack Nicholson written by, you know, uh, Kubrick and the lady Um, it's a scroll <laughs> and the, and it's the music, but then the doors open and then the blood just pours out. And it's to have that be your trailer where it's just like, we're not going to tell you anything about it, but isn't this cool.
1: So that trailer, I did read up about, about the trailer that back then you couldn't show blood in a trailer. And
0: w- so like, what was it, Gavin? It was rusted water. <laughs> That's right i do that like it's it's rusted water clearly it's not it's blood but it's <laughs> it's like it when on wrestling they don't want to show blood so be like they'll just be like yeah that's he just leaking some rust water out of his face
1: <laughs> the <laughs> like, old crimson mask of rust yeah. <laughs> water of rust water <laughs> now what they do is when they go back they have to show everything in black and white for wrestling yeah so it's just, it, it makes it look somehow worse You're Mm -hmm. like this, uh, this is, I know it's not red anymore, but now it just looks like he's been shot in the face.
0: Yeah. We, we all know this is blood, but it's rust water. What a cool movie trailer! Like I, to my right, right here, I have a picture of just the blood elevator right here, Gavin. Yeah. (laughs) It's, it's it's a very good,
1: it's a very iconic scene. And when you think of the shining, I, when you think of the shining, what three, what three scenes do you think of? uh,
0: The blood elevator. Um, for me, the lady in the tub, and then maybe just anybody would say that the twin girls, but there's plenty more, but yeah, for
1: for me, it's blood elevator. Here's Johnny and the play, play with us, Danny Mm -hmm. that for me. And even though I don't particularly care for the shining and I do think it is a little bit, I, I find it boring. That's, that's my main thing is I just kind of find this movie boring. I still have enough sense to appreciate what it did for the genre and how it kind of elevated things for it, and it's like rewatching it. I it's not one that I want to go to my my way to rewatch. But if I but if I need to rewatch it for somebody who wants to watch it or for a podcast, I'm not like oh god, I gotta watch The Shining again. It's just not something that I, I'm gonna put on for like leisure, like yeah, you do
0: for leisure. Um, for
1: leisure, put on your leisure suit and put on The Shining.
0: And it's one of those where it's like this will The Shining will be on top ten. 10- scariest movies of all time or best horror movies it'll be in the top 10 if not top five but what i find interesting is that it's the shining but save for dr sleep there's not really been there's not they've not expanded on the universe like it, it, with other movies it's like let's make eight sequels the shining is this kind of the shining
1: which is the shining to electric boogaloo yeah the like, hotel's back with a new family <laughs>
0: Motel Six, um, but it, it's it is one of those where it's like it just kind of a huge movie, and then there's it hasn't really been much. There's Doctor Sleep, but that's later. I to me, The Shining is just a standalone movie, you know.
1: Yeah, even though Doctor Sleep, which I did see and I did enjoy quite a bit, mm-hmm. I I think I like the Doctor Sleep movie better than The Shining. I know a lot of people would, well, won't like me saying that, but I think. As far as a movie experience goes, I enjoy Doctor Sleep more, mm-hmm. even if the, the Shining is more significant. But yeah, I'm surprised that Stephen King doesn't do a lot of sequels. I don't think to his books. I know he goes and revisits things sometimes, he, but he, he's he uh, builds
0: a universe.
1: Yeah, he does build a universe where a dairy main and like Maine there. I and honestly, Robin, I'm sorry if you're just like I've read every Stephen. You're, you're you're so wrong right now. I've only uh-huh. I've I've only. Read fully one Stephen King book, and that was the audiobook for Pet Cemetery. And then I have started so many of them, and then mm-hmm. I just don't finish them because I have the ADHD.
0: Uh-huh. Uh, well, let's you're, you're talking about reading books. Stephen King was told that Kubrick had uh, his staff bring him stacks of horror books as he planned, uh, planted himself in his office to read all of them. And this is a uh, Kubrick secretary heard the sound of each book hitting the wall. Uh, like thud he's he's taking the books and he's throwing them if it didn't catch uh you know didn't really spark anything the first couple pages. finally, one day, the secretary noticed that it had been a while since she had heard the thud of another book against <laughs> the wall. uh she walked in to check on her boss and found that he was reading the shining. ooh, you imagine just the... getting a stack of books and then if you don't like it, throwing it against the wall. <laughs>
1: I mean, that's a pretty boss way. They'll be like another one. Yeah. This one is Next. garbage as well.
0: Another one. Uh, the casting Nicholson was Kubrick's first choice. Uh, but then there were other considerations, including uh, Robert De Niro as Jack Torrance. And De Niro said the film gave him nightmares for a month. Uh, Robin Williams and Harrison Ford. Could you see any of those people playing Jack Torrance? Because to me, it's now it's it's always been Jack Nicholson, sir. But could you see anybody else of those people playing Jack Torrance?
1: I could see Robert De Niro doing it. I don't think he'd do a very good job because he at that point, he'd done Taxi Driver. He'd done Godfather Part Two, and he was kind of becoming a mob movie type guy, I Mm -hmm. guess. So to see him be like just robert de niroing all over the the shining i don't know if i would have enjoyed it as much robin williams i think would have been very very interesting mm-hmm. but i don't know if robin williams at this time would have had the i don't know if he had been able to come into his own yet as like a serious actor to truly portray it i think it would have been more wacky and zany
0: yeah hitting and people then, with a hammer but it like squeaks when you hit people with yeah. the hammer or something <laughs> because I think uh, I, I, it's I think, just the, it's just the, the genie from Aladdin. Trying oh. to tear <laughs> you never had a friend like me. Yeah. Um, And then Harrison Ford. I I feel like all three of those could have played the character, but to me, to me in my head, it's Jack Nicholson, of course, you know?
1: Yeah. As for Wendy, how do you feel Shelley Duvall does?
0: I think it's a great performance. And the, the problem that Stephen King had with it is that. The character is kind of meek and just goes dumb. with the flow. Yeah, not dumb, but the, the Kubrick's thinking was that a smart woman wouldn't have stayed with Jack for this long. Uh. A, a woman that uh, is her own woman wouldn't have put up with this guy's shit for very long. So that's why she was the way she is in the movie. I think her performance is great, and I think it's parallel to Jack Nicholson. They're they're on the same. Um, on the same wavelength in the movie as far as their performance, mm-hmm. I think
1: they they definitely helped elevate each other, and a lot of it was the psychological torment that Stanley Kubrick was putting all of them through. Yeah, there's a there, there there's a there's a clip you sent me right before they do the iconic "Here's Johnny" scene mm-hmm. where Jack Nicholson's like getting himself psyched up, and it's just like he's getting into a crazy person's headspace, mm-hmm. and it's very fascinating to watch him be like, "All right, here we go, kill the god here, god just." And like really his, getting- he's like
0: kill, murder, kill. like he's saying these words out loud and swinging an axe, and one of the sound guys just got to like duck out of the way. He's like, it's uh, on I'm YouTube. I'm just trying to
1: get my, I'm just trying to get my union card. I'm just trying yeah. to. Just trying to get. I'm just trying to make it up here. <laughs> As he and then he he kills a PA for no reason. He's like, God, I can. He was a
0: method me. actor.
1: <laughs> and he was like, Good, good. He had no family. No one will miss yes. him.
0: <laughs> Take your weapon. Strike me down.
1: <laughs> I'll become more powerful than ever
0: before. <laughs> um. Yeah. that I. That's a clip. It's it's from like the half hour making of the Shining. I think it's probably on YouTube. But that clip in particular. I go back and watch like once a month for whatever reason to watch Jesus. Jack Nicholson <laughs> just get I'm in character. It's more I'm of an acting technique than anything like and I'm not an actor but I I like the seeing the process of him swinging this axe and kill and murder and like I just think it's a, it's an interesting look and to see how he got into character they had to build a
1: stronger door for him to cut through because they, they built a prop door, but uh he was a volunteer fire marshal and mm-hmm. knew how to like swing an ax. So he, they're like, all right, he's going through it too fast. So they'd like build a harder door for him to cut through.
0: Yeah. I think uh, I have it somewhere in the notes, but it was like, how many doors you going to go through, dude, that that's more for Stanley Kubrick than anybody. Like
1: I'd be so tired. Hey, have you ever chopped in it? Have you ever used an ax before? Have I? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sorry i didn't know i was insulting your masculinity i'm gonna after i after i have all this podcast i'm gonna go chop wood for the winter actually builds so. character.
0: <laughs> builds character i chop wood like uh the dad from the witch just a big pile <laughs> how much how much wood do we need there's no problems when you're chopping wood
1: i used to chop wood until i killed roy burn's son in Friday the 13th part five <laughs> and then it all went to shit <laughs> um so chopping wood though, it's a it's exhausting because you gotta swing it the whole time. And then just to do so many takes, like I'm sure there's a take of Jack Nicholson, like, God damn it, Stanley. Can we can we can, okay. I, can we stop for a little? Just, just need to can I get some Gatorade or something?
0: <laughs> can I get a broad in here? <laughs> All right, here's another, another PA. Have your <laughs> way. I'm not, I'm trying to nut and run. There we go. I'm trying there to uh, here's Johnny. <laughs> Uh, Stephen King preferred uh, uh, actors such as John Voight, uh, Michael Moriarty, or Martin Sheen, and he didn't really care for Jack Nicholson because he had just done One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, and he thought that people would see uh, Jack Nicholson uh, as somebody that was already kind of crazy or on the verge of being crazy, and that's not really how the character starts out uh, in the movie or the book.
1: And now if they now if only we look back at Jack Nicholson's career I'm so glad he hasn't been typecast as crazy or mm-hmm. unhinged at all.
0: That's true. He definitely has. Uh although uh, Jack Nicholson initially suggested Jessica Lange uh for to be Wendy. I think it she play, could have played it, but I think again it's not can't be anybody else but Shelley Duvall. Um and uh, again it's it's one of those where uh a lady wouldn't have stayed with Jack if she was like a, a real boss bitch. Yeah. So she's got to be meek.
1: A real Lizzo would not have stayed with Jack Nicholson for, for that long. She would have got her flute, felt good as hell, and got out of there.
0: Hit Jack over the head with a flute.
1: <laughs> now, how do I we feel? Know why, if- I don't know why, why I went to like, who's the most boss bitch I can think of?
0: <laughs> Lizzo. I was murdered by a flautist.
1: <laughs> uh, one thing we haven't talked about is Danny Torrance. That's and what I was, I was,
0: I was going to yeah. say that. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Danny's not here right now, Mr. <laughs> Torrance.
0: Mrs. Torrance. That, that is, it's it, that with the finger thing with Tony, it is, would be hard to showcase the shining. But it, what it's an easy way is to have him just use his finger like this. Yeah. And
1: that's also sometimes if you're with a girl, give her the old shining, see how she <laughs> feels about it.
0: Let me, uh, oh, you don't like that? Let's see what Tony's got to say about it. <laughs> Red Ram. <rhyme. laughs> how, do, how do you feel about Danny? Because I feel like Danny, uh, I, I feel, uh, with child actors, it's really easy for me to get annoyed by a kid. But I feel like Danny does a great job, and he's one of the better child actor performances, maybe besides like Daniel Harris and Halloween 4 and 5.
1: Yeah. And of course, Danny Torrance in this played by Ewan McGregor, who would grow up to play. Dan- yeah. <laughs> <Yep. laughs> played
0: but, by Danny Lloyd.
1: Yeah. Danny Lloyd. Um, I, I think he's, he gives a good performance. He's not annoying at all.
0: Yeah. He. I'm he, not opposed uh, to say.
1: As Yeah. I think he does a good job. He, I mean, the poor kid gets tortured the whole movie basically. Yeah. By, by, by ghosts. But Then again, part of his acting job was just like riding a big wheel all day, every day, which Mm -hmm. is the dream I still have to this day.
0: Yeah, if they had adult big wheels, which I'm sure they do now, I'd want to ride that around a hotel. That's just called a
1: motorcycle, Brent. Like you can go buy a a motorcycle.
0: I want a big wheel. (laughs) Highway ready. I'm trying to do big things in my big wheel. Um, Also, I guess, you know, one of the things that they did with Danny is that he didn't know when he was a kid that they were filming a horror movie. They thought they told him they were, he was filming a, a drama. So he was never scared or uh, had the thought of being terrified during the filming of the movie.
1: Yeah. Stanley Kubrick, even though he was like over there abusing Shelly Duvall and Jack Nicholson was weirdly protective of Danny Lloyd.
0: Yeah. Which g- good. Cause that, it's one thing to abuse an adult, but a child, nobody's going to put up with that shit. You know maybe. what?
1: I say you want a quality on the set. He should have also mentally broken down this child
0: again. Uh,
1: I just think that nowadays everybody's just a little too soft <laughs> and we got to really put a stop to that.
0: Do do you do the finger scene again, 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 um, Do it again, stop doing it. Uh, also another movie that because he was Kubrick is looking for a horror movie to do. Do you know the other movie that he turned down? We've talked about it on this show.
1: Is it Poltergeist?
0: No, it's The Exorcist. Oh, that makes sense by uh William Freaking Weekend. So we like that, probably would have been similar performances we had talked about it on the episode, but like shooting a gun off in somebody's ear like they have very similar ways of getting performances out of people
1: by just, uh, torturing them basically.
0: Yes. Um, then we have the, uh, the, uh, the photography and the, and the movie, uh, We have the, it's not the Panaglide and it's not the Astroglide because I said that on the Halloween episode, (laughs) the Astroglide camera, it it was the uh, Steadicam. So that's how we get a lot of those scenes with the big wheel going from the hardwood to the carpet. They had to, like in that making a documentary, it's the cameras like strapped to a guy and he can hold it, hold the camera still and follow at a high rate of speed and then they also set it up on a rig much like a wheelchair um and the rig was so heavy that it actually caused a blowout <laughs> on the the rig so they changed it to hard tires and they put a speedometer on the the thing so they could if they wanted to do the shot again you got to make sure you're running at at eight miles an hour to get this shot again it's got to be eight miles an hour for every shot like this
1: that seems really involved. That just seems like a really hard thing to like keep track of.
0: Yeah. When again, if you didn't have a speedometer, it's like, I guess I was going this fast. You know, how fast were you going officer? I think uh, about eight, eight. Uh, uh, and the bartender didn't really give me much. He's a ghost, you know, <laughs> I know my limit. I, I know what I can. I know what I can do. I, I just love the little bastard. Just broke his goddamn arm. How do you feel That's the other iconic scene is the bar scene? How do you feel about that? I think it's really good. I think that that
1: scene is super iconic for a reason and just him trying to get enough alcohol and being tempted by, by the ghost after being on the wagon for so long. I think it really does say a lot about that character and just him being, he's able to be tempted. He really wants to be a good dad and not hurt Danny, but he's like... Uh, the writing's not going so well, and I mean, I mean, it's it's five o'clock somewhere, mm-hmm. so they uh, they go
0: ahead and go that route. Uh, Joe Turkle, the bartender, said that they rehearsed that scene for six weeks, and uh, the filming I think it was from like nine a.m. to ten thirty p.m. And he said his suit was soaked in sweat at the end of the shoot just for that scene.
1: Of the, of, the, of the bar scene?
0: Yeah. Huh. And it, it, that's one where the performance of Jack uh, Nicholson is really, like, played up. I don't know if it's, like, because he's under the influence of alcohol, but he becomes very cartoony in that scene. His hmm. eyebrows, and he's like, I'm a man who knows who- who likes to know who's buying his drinks lloyd like it's very over the top in that performance before we wrap up here what about the the, the other iconic scene is the all work and no play scene
1: I think I do love that Jack Nicholson as an actor or as a character is like, if you hear me type and don't be a don't come in here. If yeah. you don't hear me type and don't come. and then all he's doing is writing the same sentence over and over and over again. And that doesn't sound like a lot in this world of like computers and copy and paste, but this man has to type all work and no play makes Jack a dull boy like the whole time. Yeah. Like like he has to just do it the whole time and it's just like, what are, what are you doing, buddy? What are, what are we doing?
0: And the the rumor is that uh, it was either Kubrick's secretary or Kubrick who actually typed all that out in different fonts in different ways. And then they reshot that scene uh, in different languages for other markets. So there's the German version, there's the Spanish version, and it's, and it's all not I'll work and no play makes Jack a dull boy. There are different uh, phrases that they use and some of them make no sense to me, but it's translated make perfect sense.
1: Yeah. And I think for that. Yeah. And there's like 140 something pages of just that sentence being typed Mm -hmm. or something crazy ridiculous like that. So. When it's revealed that that's all he's been typing, I guess it's a big reveal that he hasn't been writing anything the whole time, just going yeah. slowly crazy. But because we all know that scene, it w- it didn't really have much of an impact for me.
0: Yeah, it's one of those uh, where, again, you've seen the movie before you've actually seen the movie. And that's oh, another yeah. one of my rewatchable scenes is when you hear me typing, you don't hear me typing, whatever the fuck I'm doing in here. I love that scene because it's like, great performance from Jack Nicholson. And then Wendy just like, okay. And then just walks away. I'm like, God damn, stand up. For I feel or something. I feel
1: bad because I wonder if that's how I come across some sometimes as like a creative person. Whereas like Stephanie will come in here and like ask me something. And I'm like, I'm trying to work in here. I'm it's, trying it, to, have you, have you, have you eaten yet? No, yeah. I'm, not until I'm done with my work. And I'm just like, <laughs> oh no, am I Jack? Am I Jack Torrance? Is that, cause that's not a great person to strive to be. Yeah.
0: I think the creative types, he's like, then it'll take me back to to take me time to get to where I was. Sometimes you could be a, a level f- five creative but you but you had to go through steps one through four to get to that five and if somebody interrupts then you got to start at one again to get back to that level five of creativity or whatever you know yeah, and
1: and it's it's hard being a creative person because some people don't understand that that process mm-hmm. so it's just like well can't uh, a perfect example was um when i i shot some content for my youtube channel the other day and I, I recorded like a half hour worth of footage. And when I went to play the footage back, my audio was fucked up mm-hmm. and like it had a buzz. I could it, it was unusable. And it's just like I now have to go back and reshoot this entire half hour of stuff. Mm-hmm. And like ultimately doing it again actually made it better. But it's like, well, did I do it? Trying to recapture the energy for anything that, that you're doing creatively can be very, very tough and getting back to that headspace. And the more you do something, the less enthused you are or more excited you are. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, as a creative, don't bother us sometimes. (laughs) Let us be like during this podcast, my microphone has been going in and out. Uh, We we talked about talking about off mic and I'm like, I hope it sounds okay, And I hope you understand that I'm really trying my best right now.
0: (laughs) And if not, uh, you're going to have to redo it. It's going to then take you time to get back to where you were.
1: I know. And I'm just like, yeah. I can't, I, I I just can't right now. Sorry. This happens to a lot of guys. I know. It's <laughs> I, it's, I just,
0: you know, this never happens. I swear, baby. This never happens. I know my, my, my mic always works, baby. Yeah. It's so good. Uh, Jack Nicholson also only ate cheese sandwiches during the production to get into character and stay in character uh, because he doesn't really like cheese. So <laughs> to, <laughs> to put him with the, per- the perfect agitated state to fill the role.
1: Yeah, I would be super annoyed if I had to eat something that I don't enjoy all the time. Like, I'm not a big peanut butter guy, so mm-hmm. if I had to eat peanut butter constantly, I'd be like, please stop. I would like this to end now.
0: Please don't. Please uh, don't. We, we've also got Here's Johnny. It was from The Tonight Show. Everybody knows that, so.
1: Nowadays, it'd be like, here's Jimmy, and be like, oh, no. Can here's you Conan. The- <laughs> here's Chevy. Here's just- Chevy. Could you imagine if it was if it just been done a few like a decade later? But like, here's Jay Leno.
0: Hey, buddy, what's going on? Hey, how you doing, folks?
1: Here's <laughs> James Corden, <laughs> which is actually the most terrifying that that, that he could have said.
0: Doing a, a carpool karaoke in the snow cat.
1: <laughs> We're singing, "I've got you,
0: babe." <laughs> uh, let's wrap this up, Gavin. Did you have uh, some oh shit moments?
1: I think the oh shit moment for me is the blood coming out of the elevator. I think that's mm-hmm. such an iconic scene that you immediately, when you see that scene, you immediately know what it's from. Mm-hmm. and it's it's just perfect that when that rust water pours out of the elevator
0: <laughs> that just that's makes... uh rust water the same way that freddie krueger is a child murderer
1: <laughs> yeah uh it's like when i see that rust water it, it reminds me to call roto rooter <laughs> that i need to get my pipes checked um so that, that that's my oh shit moment what is yours
0: uh the the lady in the tub that's you, you, the... you love that
1: lady in the tub
0: yeah i love i love and I, not even the first half i love the second half what a body on this lady what
1: <laughs> you know what? everybody de- everybody deserves love everybody
0: <laughs> um and then what was your favorite kill i don't know that we this is a movie that is doesn't have a lot of kills i think there's one
1: yeah so i guess dick hollering getting yeah. uh getting axed getting axed my- a question
0: favorite things is i saw it was a meme and it was for valentine's day and it was had a picture of scatman crothers on it and it says are you in the shining because my dick is hollering
1: (laughs) 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 that is the best valentine that i cannot wait to give to my girlfriend this valentine's
0: (laughs) day season um and then uh if you like the shining what other movies should people check out
1: uh Anything by Stephen King, really? I think Carrie's really good. I think it, either the original miniseries or it, chapter one and two Mm -hmm. that they did uh, about uh, with the Bill Skarsgård version. I think that that those are really good. And then mm, Pet Cemetery, Cemetery. either one. I I think the, I don't think either Pet Cemetery is super great as as an adaptation. I think they both had their shortcomings. Mm -hmm. But I guess the one with. Fred Gwynn would would be the one I'd recommend.
0: Sometimes dead is better. Sometimes dead is better, y'all. There's a reason that people say the book was better. It's just because you can have a thousand pages as opposed to two hours. To Yes. Rarely does somebody say the movie was better than the book. That is true. Uh, But I do think, dumb and dumber, the movie was better than the book. (laughs) and what what movies would you recommend the doctor sleep i would say if you like this then it's you know it's the shining yeah. uh, sequel it's got uh, danny torrance it's got uh, Scatman and wendy in it and even jack torrance they do a good job of blending the the book doctor sleep but then also not like changing some of the stuff that happened at the end of the shining the book versus the movie um because this spoilers in the book the hotel burns to the ground but everybody knows the shining movie so uh mike flanagan had to like bridge it and be like well we all know the shining the movie so, but this is the shining the book versus dr sleep so yeah i think he did a good job of that so i would say dr sleep okay awesome and psycho ooh, 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 if we're talking about hotel horror
1: yeah also vacancy with luke wilson no i don't know <laughs>
0: Uh, that I th- Any final thoughts, Gavin? The Shining
1: is a movie I like discussing, but I don't like watching. I still think it's boring. And if it's the scariest movie you've ever seen, uh, watch something else.
0: Uh. <laughs> uh, well, G- Gavin, uh, we got to wrap up here and uh, just let you know if you hear me and I'm, I'm in here typing or not typing or whatever the fuck you hear me doing. I mean, stay out, Barbara. They're coming to get you. They're coming for you, Barbara. Coming to get you.